This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 19 is where we're going. Luke chapter 19. Y'all like my master's green tie? Boy, them 830, they just know how to humble you. I got all dressed up today feeling pretty swag and cool. I haven't worn a tie in months. And I wore a tie today, and someone in the 830 said, you sure made me proud today. I said, oh, the sermon? No, that you had a tie on. (laughs) And that wasn't enough. Bishop, they followed it up with, you you look like a preacher today. What? (laughs) I look like a preacher. I guess I got to lose the tie. All right, here we go. Y'all didn't catch that. (laughs) Denora caught that. (laughs) Luke 19, okay? While you're going to Luke 19, I'm going to read you something from the book of Matthew, but you don't have to turn there. Feel free to earmark it and read it later. But this entire series that we're in, we're in part number three, by the way. The reason we're in part number three is because I started this series on a Wednesday, which is really uh, different for me. But I started it on the first Wednesday of the month. And I preached my first part of the Sunday series. Week number two, last week, and now week three. And the sermon series is called Passion Points. And we're looking at that word passion, which represents the last week of Christ before he went to the cross and he was resurrected on Easter that we're celebrating next week. In that week of the passion, Jesus actually took opportunities to teach us some really cool things that kind of get overlooked at times. It, over, it gets overlooked because, because of the, the magnitude of Calvary's cross. A lot of these things get overlooked because we're, we're tracking his life to Calvary. But there were some teaching points along the way that we just kind of skipped. The first one on week number one, we, we looked at a, a, a place in Scripture where, where Jesus was hungry. And he came up on a fig tree and it didn't have any fruit. And he, he actually cursed it. And he said, you'll never produce any more fruit. And it, and it messed the disciples up. They're like, why would he be so cruel to the little tree? And he said, it had nothing to do with the tree. I want you to know that if you're ever going to produce fruit in your life, you better have faith in God. If you're going to see what you've been praying for actually happen, have faith in God. It's, it's one thing to have existence. It's another thing to produce fruit. And then last Sunday, we talked about something really strong. And every one of us in this room need it. And it's serving other people, putting other people before us. And what we looked at was uh, the, at the Passover meal, Jesus Christ, before he, before he could ever partake in his meal, he realized, hey, everybody in the room has dirty feet. No one washed their feet when they sat down to eat. And it was very customary in those days. So nobody else was offering to do it. So Jesus, you believe this? Jesus took the lead at doing the, the least, uh, the least, Um, celebrated job in the room. He washed everybody's feet. And I think we really learned a lot last Sunday about what our role is. Our role is not to be served. Our role is to serve. And now today, we're looking into the book of Luke. And my subtopic today is a little something funny off of TV right now. And some of you are going to get tickled as soon as you hear it. My subtopic today is just okay is not okay. 
I thought you would get it, but it's okay. No, it's not okay. Because just okay is not okay. Luke 19, verse 28. After saying these things, Jesus headed straight up to Jerusalem. When he got near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olives, he sent two of the disciples with instructions. Go to the village across from you, and as soon as you enter, you'll find a coat, a, a colt, rather, tethered, one that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it, and if anyone says anything, uh, and they ask the question, what are you doing? Well, your answer should be, his master needs him. The two left and found it just as he said, and as they were untying the colt, its owners said, just what Christ said they would do. What are you doing untying the colt, they said. The master needs him. They brought the colt to Jesus, and then throwing their coats on its back, they helped Jesus get on. And as he rode, the people gave him a grand welcome, throwing their uh, coats on the street. Right at the crest, right where that Mount of Olives begins its descent, the whole crowd of disciples burst in enthusiastic praise over all the mighty works they had witnessed. Blessed is he who comes, the king in God's name. All is well in heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd told him, Teacher, you really need to get your disciples under control. But he said, if they kept quiet, the stones would do it for them, shouting praise. It's interesting that Jesus knew exactly what was going on. He knew that he was going to the cross because Matthew 20 tells us that I will be betrayed to the chief priest and the Jewish leaders. They will come and condemn me to die. They will hand me over to the Roman government. I will be mocked. I will be crucified. And I will rise again in new life. Jesus knew his, his wisdom, his spiritual connection was so strong to the will of the Father. He knew that he was going to die. But yet he took time to teach he took time to teach about the fig tree. He took time to teach about foot washing. And today, he's going to teach us how to make a difference in our world. So AT&T, they've got this awesome series of funny commercials going right now. That, that the theme, the campaign of the commercials is just okay is not okay. So I'm going I'm to mention a few of the commercials because some of you didn't know the theme of it or the campaign of it. These are the commercials that a just okay tattoo artist is not okay. And for all of you at Tats, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you would not want a just okay tattoo artist, you know, because uh, Stephen would show up Lucy on your arm. That's not good. And then it has an example in the, in, the, in the ads of a just okay babysitter. You don't want a just okay babysitter. And then there was a just okay mechanic. You don't want a just okay mechanic. But my favorite is that just okay doctor, man. <laughs> that brother walks in and he's like, look who's reinstated. And it just, it just makes me fall off my couch every time I hear it. And then he says to the poor patient, which is already just squirming, he says, you nervous? Yeah, me too. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Man, for a guy that's only had one surgery ever in his life as, as an adult, I'm sitting there thinking, I would leave. I would just run if that was the case. And the whole purpose of the ads is 
settling for okay is not good enough. And this is exactly what the enemy of our lives, this is what he's done. He has all of us in here settling for just okay. A just okay church experience, a just okay Christ experience, a just okay marriage, just okay kids, just okay uh, emotional health, just an okay job, just an okay life. But this is complete nonsense because that's not what Christ teaches. The enemy presents you just okay is good enough. But John 10 and 10, and I'm going to share something with you from the Living Bible and also the message. The words of Christ is not just an okay life. His words actually in John 10 and 10 in the, in the Living Bible says his purpose is to give life in all of its fullness. And, and, and maybe this will help you. If you had a, for all of you that had coffee this morning out in the lobby and maybe you still have your coffee cup, imagine your life being that cup and imagine the contents of that cup being your relationship with Christ. Christ doesn't want you to just have a little, a little sip. He doesn't even want you to be half full. He wants you to be just like splashing over in his goodness, fullness, but then the message says it this way, same words of Christ, John 10 and 10, on the back end of that, after we talk about what the enemy does, steal, kill, and destroy. He says in the message, he wants to give a better life than they've ever dreamed of. I mean, think about this. Stretch your dreams as far as they can go, and Jesus wants you to have a better life than that. And some of you are pretty good dreamers. And he wants you to have a better life than that. That's it. That's, that's, it's not okay. It's better than that. It's, it's like Jesus level living, which is amazing. Somebody say amen to that. Now, today is something called Palm Sunday. In our Christian culture, it's called Palm Sunday. In your Bible, for those that have a, a, like, a like an actual Bible that's got headings of different chapters, and then on your smart device, if you're looking through like on the online Bible or your app or something, a lot of times it says the triumphant or triumphal entry of Christ. It's called Palm Sunday, and I'm going to help you understand why. But I'm going to also point out to you why it's so critical we know what was happening in this moment of Luke 19. The triumphal entry of Christ took place the week before Easter, okay? It took place the week before Easter. That's why it's today on our calendar. And it's when Jesus made his entry into Jerusalem and everybody went crazy. But this is what's critical for you to be an educated Christian. They didn't go crazy because of his resurrection. He had not even died, they didn't go crazy because of his crucifixion. He had not already died. They were going crazy because they misunderstood his whole purpose. So they're going crazy was actually, they missed it. They were excited about something that they, they didn't quite understand. So what was it that they missed? They were in need of a leader that would help overthrow Rome. They needed a strong, fierce 
warrior that would gather the troops, that would build everybody's enthusiasm, that would cast the vision of revolt and revolution and transformation. And they bought into the thought that he was the man. He was the man, but not for that job. So here he comes into town known as Palm Sunday. The place goes crazy, and they say these words, Hosanna, Hosanna. And for some of you, you've heard that, but you don't know what that means. Hosanna simply means Savior, save us, help us, Savior. They just knew that Jesus was about to build the greatest army on earth, that they were going to be the greatest military force on earth. They just knew things were about to change. And in reality, they were about to change, but it wasn't going to be in the natural. There was about to be a supernatural change that would still leave remnants of transformation today. Jesus wasn't coming to build an earthly kingdom. He was coming to establish God's kingdom on earth. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody give me a master Sunday green tie. Amen. I look like a preacher, so respond to me like a preacher. Hallelujah. Never wearing a tie again. It's not my vision. Okay, I'll wear it at 8.30. Check this out. So he's, he's about to just roll up in town, and he's getting all this kind of praise and worship, and they're, not, they're missing it. They're praising him for the wrong thing. This is a classic clash of kingdoms. There was confusion on the streets. They're Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. But yet, every time they would take a break, they would ask their cousin, why is he not with a band? Why is there not, let's modernize it. Where are the tanks and the jets going over? Why are we, where is all the military force? Why is he on a donkey? Shouldn't he be on one of them prancing steeds? Why is he on a donkey? I'm confused. Hosanna! Hosanna! But why are we doing this? Because it's just different. And all the poor, humble, meek people are taking off their coats and putting it on the streets. And there's people cutting off palm branches, waving them. This is weird. Oh, oh, Hosanna! Hosanna! I don't get it. It's a clash of kingdoms. They thought he was coming bringing military force but what he was bringing was love compassion forgiveness heart and mind transformation what he was bringing was heaven to earth what they assumed he was going to do was he was going to make earth a better place he was actually fitting to bring heaven to earth and seal the deal forever that you and I wouldn't be trapped in the pit of earth for eternity but would have everlasting life. Awesome. 
good. And there's two characters that are in Luke's portion of the account that I want to highlight. And you never, you never saw this coming, nor did I. But it's amazing that while Jesus knew he was heading to the cross, and while Jesus knew that he was heading to a tomb, and while Jesus knew that he would soon ascend to heaven, he took a moment to teach us a few things. And some of them were in code. And this is one of those stories. He said, by the way, fellas, I want you to head to that village. Luke 19, verses 30 through 35. As soon as you enter, you're going to find a colt tethered, one that has never been ridden. Untie it, bring it. If anyone says anything and they ask you the questions of what are you doing, you tell them his master needs him. And the two left, they found it. And as they said, man, just like Jesus said, while they're untying the colt, the colt's owners said, hey, what are you doing? Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, just like Jesus told them, my master needs him. They brought the colt to Jesus. They put the coats on its back. Jesus got on, and he rode, and the people welcomed him. Two characters I want to highlight out of this portion of Scripture quickly. Time is of the essence today. Are you ready for it? A donkey and a rock. Now, this is going to crack you up. It has totally put me on the floor this week. Jesus takes the attitude of a donkey. Nudge your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you today. The attitude of a donkey. He's preaching to you. He's preaching to you. Reach up and just tap that person in front of you. You better listen. He's preaching about you today. The attitude of a donkey. And the personality of a rock. Now touch yourself and say, he's preaching to you today. He's preaching to you. Jesus is about to show us in Scripture that he can use a donkey, thank you, Jesus, and a rock, thank you, Lord, to change history. And if he can use a donkey, <laughs> he can use me. <laughs> Hallelujah. A few things about this cult that is fascinating, that's kind of in code. Number one, write these down if you want to. They're in your app also. Number one. The cult was at his post. That donkey was right where he should have been the whole time. Now, Fitzon, teach you something here. God has a plan for your life. God wants to use you to change your world, your circle. But you can't afford to be off somewhere you shouldn't be. You have to be where you're supposed to be if God's ever going to use your life. This is a crazy story of all things about a donkey. But the donkey was where he should have been. He wasn't off running around. He wasn't running with the wrong crowd. And this is where we find ourselves today. If you get caught up with the wrong people, they're going to take you to the wrong places and you're going to get caught up in the wrong things and you might just miss an opportunity for you to change your world. 
Well, where am I supposed to be? You're supposed to be in the Word of God. You're supposed to be in the presence of God. You're supposed to be in the, in the presence of the people of God. Let me, let me break that down. You need to stay close to the church in your life. You need to stay close to the devotional uh, activity in His Word. You need to stay close in His presence in worship. You don't need to be drifting. You don't need to be running with the wrong people, going and getting into the wrong things. And, and I know what some of us think. We think, well, the grace of God is big enough to keep me out there. But don't frustrate the grace of God by viewing the grace of God as permission for you not to be where you're supposed to be. You can't afford to drift. Everybody take your finger, touch your mind. Even there, you can't afford to drift here. Your body may not be drifting, but if this is drifting, it won't be soon. Uh, or rather, it won't be long. It will be sooner than longer than your feet will follow where this is. A lot of our marriage issues is because we're not where we should be. A lot of our parenting problems, we're not, not where we should be. The, Jesus in code is teaching us a wealth of wisdom. He was going to use this little donkey, but the donkey wanted to be used, did not have any idea how and when and where. He just knew he needed to be where he should have been. And thank God that he was right where he should have been. Now here's a second one. He had never been ridden before. He was young. He wasn't broken. He was wild. He wasn't trained. I mean, you would think, we're talking about Jesus here. Why are we not having like a Kentucky Derby million-dollar horse in the story? I'm off my A game. I used to know some of those horses' names. That would have been a great opportunity, and I missed it. Why are we not having a Kentucky Derby horse. Look at y'all. Y'all are like whispering different horses. Y'all are killing me today. But a donkey? But then again, it probably wouldn't make the story as good. There's a reason it was a wild, crazy donkey. But yet he was never been ridden. And he didn't have a purpose. He didn't have direction. He didn't have instruction. You're never going to get to where God wants you to be if you're determined to do things without instruction, without direction, and without purpose. One of the greatest Christian writers and pastors of our time is a gentleman in California. His name's Rick Warren. And Rick Warren has a statement that has changed my life since I was a, a, an early minister. And, and it is this fact. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You're never going to get to that purpose if you're not willing to take instruction, direction, if you're not willing to submit to being broken. This donkey was tied up, never been ridden. Why was he tied up, by the way? Because he was wild. He had no discipline in his life. And his owners, key word, we're going to come back to that. His owners had him tied up. So there's a third point. He had to be untied. Jesus told his two disciples, go over there to that village. You're going to find a donkey. Point one, they found him right where he should have been. Point two, he's going to be young and undisciplined. He's going to be tethered. He's going to be tied up. There's point two. Here's point number three. You're going to have to untie him. You'll never find your life transformation 
in and of yourself. The power of the Holy Spirit must set you free. The whole core of this church Some of you want to know what our core values and beliefs are. We believe that salvation is in an instant. It's a work of God's grace and mercy. If you'll call on the name of the Lord and confess your need of him as a Savior, we believe your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life quickly, instantly. It's a work of grace. But that's where your work comes into play. You need to be set free from all the stuff that you've been living in. And how you do that is you partner and submit your life over to the work of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon your life, it and only it, he and only he, can set you free and untie you from your past. Check it out, everybody. Worship team, come help me close. We're trying to fulfill the purpose in our lives all the while with all this baggage that we're carrying around. God wants to set you free from that. Somebody say amen. God wants to set you free from that. So they found the cult. Where was he? Everybody say where he should have been. Where's God going to find you? Is he going to find you drifting? Or is he going to find you right where you need to be? He found him tethered. That means he needed discipline in his life. He needed instruction in his life. Will you be willing to accept that from from the Lord? And then we had to untie him. Will you receive the freedom that the Holy Spirit wants you to have? Fourthly, moving quickly here. This is the best part of the whole message right here. They said, who? The owners. What did the owners say? Hey, why are you untying my donkey, man? Get your hands off my, get your hands off my donkey. That's, could you imagine could you imagine somebody coming on the front porch? Hey, bro, what you doing with my donkey? Get your hands off my donkey, man. And it's like, who are you? I'm the owner of the donkey. And this is what's so funny. They were the owners of the donkey. But listen to what the disciples responded with. The donkey's master has need of him. The enemy has you believing that your future is owned by him. The enemy has you believing that you are a possession of evil work. That your sin will always reign triumphant in your life. That your past will always be a cloud over your head. The enemy has you believing that he owns your destiny and your future. And I don't care if you've been divorced three times. I don't care if you've been bankrupt five. I don't care if you've been an addict for 20 years. The enemy doesn't own you. You have a master. And the master has need of you. The question is, will you be where you need to be? When the master comes for you, will you be where you need to be? Will you be in the presence of God? Will you, be, will you bring your addictions to the presence of God? Will you bring your issues to the house of God? You don't come to God, everybody. You don't, you don't get good to come to God. You come to God to get good. You got to be here. You got you to be around the presence of God. You got to come to the word of God. And when he's here and you're here, then you get set free. Set free for what? Set free for what he has planned for your life. He has need of you. And they put coats on that little donkey. Why? Because Jesus was going to ride him. Of all things, a donkey. And Jesus got on the back of that little donkey. 
Now, this is going to be funny. And I hope it's funny to you because I get cracked up all week thinking about it. I wonder if Mama Donkey and Daddy Donkey ever thought their little baby donkey would be used carrying Jesus. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that silly? Could you imagine a little baby donkey in junior high? What you going to do? I'm going to eat carrots. What you going to do? I'm going to chew briars. What you going to do, Johnny? I'm going to carry Jesus. Isn't that a silly, funny thought? Some of you think that God's never going to take you anywhere but just okay. You're just going to be an okay little donkey. And can I tell you, that's not what your plan is in the eyes of God. God sees you carrying the gospel, carrying the Savior into places that only you can go. I told you earlier, every single one of us on this Sunday before Easter, you've got your own little circle. You've got people that you do life with that I'll never meet. And it's you that the gospel will be taken into that circle. If you'll just be where you need to be. If you'll let the Holy Spirit set you free and get over your, 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 your limitations and, your, and those things that are blocking you from being all that you can be in God. If you'll submit to the Holy Spirit's work, the gospel, the gospel can be taken to places that I'll never go because of your willingness to make a difference. Here's my last statement. We, we are better together, Calvary Church. And it's teamwork that makes this dream work. You are as vital part of this ministry as anybody. And on this Palm Sunday, I want you right now to start thinking and praying about who you're bringing to Easter. Who will you just basically put on your back and bring into the presence of God? Who will you bring to Easter Sunday? Now, I wanted to close with this song just because I like it. I want you to stand. We opened up our service today with Lion and the Lamb. Most of us know this.